I started to lean into the idea of, okay, maybe I do need some supplementation to help fill up my, fill up my buckets again in my body. Um, maybe I do need to um, start prioritizing sleep, right. And get that back on track. Like some of these basics that I was really missing out on. And so it was, it definitely was a lot of trial and error. Although um, when I, when I did start getting the nutrients in that my body was needing and really started focusing on that sleep, it was like night and day my body really started to flip um, into a space where it's like, oh, I feel like my energy is coming back. (laughs) Hello and welcome blissful parents out there. Michelle Abraham, your host. Today I have with me Mandy Jeffley, who I'm super excited to introduce you to. So glad you could join us. Hi, Mandy. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. How are you today, Michelle? Great. I just want to tell our audience all about Mandy and who, what we're going to talk about today. So um, Mandy's helping exhausted moms save time and money while creating healthier solutions for their family. So uh, Mandy is the owner of Pure Vita Nutrition, who specializes in helping clients who struggle with low energy and exhaustion related to chronic stress, aka most moms out there, <laughs> and associated symptoms that have a major impact on individuals personally and professionally. So Mandy is also a teacher and educator at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition in Edmonton. She's a mom of two boys and a best-selling co-author of Heal. So Mandy, welcome to Blissful Parenting. Thank you so much. I'm excited that you invited me. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things. I met Mandy and I'm taking your course and I've, you've got some incredible meal plans. Let me just say that I went through your program and they were delicious. And um, I just like more moms need to know about you that you're out there and you're there to help, especially those moms that are suffering with that low energy exhaustion and just the changes in a few things in that go into our meals. What a huge difference it makes. So let's talk about that, Mandy. So what inspired you to get started on this journey? Were you a mom first or were you a health educator first? <laughs> Well, I was, <laughs> what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually a registered nurse first. And so I, um, I took education in nursing and I actually worked in acute care and the emergency department between two different hospitals for almost 10 years in uh, rural care. And it wasn't until I actually, I got sick after I had my first son. And so obviously in nursing, I was working long, long hours. Uh, mm-hmm. I was working shift work. So day and night. I got myself into this situation where I really wasn't managing my stress well, and I wasn't sleeping hardly at all anymore. I would never say no, never ask for help. You know, like I should it on myself all the time. I, I should be able to handle this. I should be able to do that. And then I, uh, and then me and my husband wanted to start a family and I didn't feel like I should have to slow down just because I was doing this other minor task of like growing another human body. Right. So <laughs> minor task <laughs> just like one more thing and so uh, I, I didn't slow down I, I really pushed myself through that and uh, what ended up happening is I did okay throughout the pregnancy of my son uh, although I did end up having him prematurely and uh, he was actually born with an underlying illness as well and so shortly after he was born I still wasn't sleeping at all like mm-hmm. as new moms we, we sleeping's not really a thing right I, I feel yeah. like what's that <laughs> Oh, sleeping? What's that? <laughs> yeah. 
so I, I just kind of got into this space where I really, I really wasn't looking after myself very well. And about four months after my son was born, my husband, I remember it, we were just, we were in the living room and we had been fighting a lot, I think just because of my pure exhaustion. I wasn't in very good mental health at the time. And so I remember my husband just looking over at me and he was just like, you know what, like, I, I love you. I love you more than anything. I, I want you to feel supported. Like, I feel like it's time for you to get professional help. And to hear that as the professional, yeah, ouch. <laughs> it, it was like hitting a brick wall. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh my gosh, okay. I like, I don't know how I got it. Let it get this bad. So of course I had that guilt component to it. Although I trusted him and I asked him for his support as I navigated my journey. And what I found is I did what we're told to do, right? I, I booked, I, I made the doctor's appointments. I went in, I, I saw my doctor, I told him what was going on. And he essentially, what he did is he offered me a prescription. Although it was, um, it was kind of a choice that I had to make because in order for me to take this prescription, I would have to stop breastfeeding my son. Mm-hmm. And my son was only about four months old at the time. And in my heart, I just felt like this, this wasn't the, that was wasn't the step I wanted to take quite yet. And so I asked the doctor, I was like, is there, is there anything else that I can do in between, like anything else that I can uh, attempt in order to not have to go to that and stop breastfeeding my son right now? And the doctor essentially, like he was really empathetic. I feel like sometimes when I tell the story, he comes off (laughs) not being a good doctor or something. He was a good doctor. He was giving me the tools that he had. Although he essentially said, you know what, I know you have a background in this. You're pretty smart. I support you in searching out some different options. Although this is all I have for you. If you find like, if you don't find what you're looking for, come back and I'll give you the prescription at that time. I support you in not taking this option right now is essentially what he said. And so that's really what started my journey. And uh, I now refer to it as, um, I, I guess, as a diagnosis from a diagnosis standpoint, it would, it would be edging on postpartum depression. Although now I actually call it postpartum depletion, because I feel like that's mm-hmm. absolutely what it was. Um, I was completely depleted in all of the areas. And so that's really how I had to address turning it around and getting myself back to a healthy state was to, to fill myself back up again. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I love that you're saying that it's the postpartum depletion because that makes so much more sense too. I mean, I always I always laugh because my my other hat is I actually own a podcasting agency outside of being the host of Blissful Parenting Podcast, but I actually got into podcasting because I was in that depletion stage of a new mom postpartum, uh, edging on postpartum depression as well, but just feeling my brain with some more, you know, business information and something that motivated me was a huge step for me. And, um, and I know, you know, that that was a huge help for me. So just finding things that make you happy again, or feel whole again, or just, you know, a few things. Now, a lot of our parents are now like, you know, school age kids that are at school, like our kids are now. And, you know, it's funny because six, you know, like my youngest is five now, but yet I still feel like there's still some of that lingering depletion (laughs) from the original pregnancies. So what are some suggestions? So for our parents that are now trying to juggle school and now sometimes homeschooling because of our world situation and also businesses or jobs and household things and trying to take care of themselves too. It's just like, it's, it seems like an impossible task that I see few people doing successfully these days. So, and I know, Mandy, you're one of those people that has got this down to a science now because of your, what you, with this journey that you've been on. So take us from where you kind of had a turning point in your journey to what you're doing now. Okay, absolutely. And yeah, I can identify. So my kids are five and seven now. Um, Two boys, a wild amount of energy. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, 
yeah, it, it takes all that I, all that I can muster to just to keep up with them. Right. And so mm-hmm. I really don't want to get in that depleted stage again. And so what, what I ended up doing after I left the doctor's office, I essentially, I just asked my husband for support. I'm like, I, re- I really just need your support to, to navigate this. It's going to be a lot of trial and error. I understand that. Although if you would support me, I feel like we can really get through this. And so then that was what, that was like my, my first biggest step, I think was just asking my family and my husband for support. And I understand that I'm not a hundred percent right now. Um, I appreciate your support and as we, as we navigate this. And so I guess that's my number one tip is like, get your family on board and supporting you. It's okay to ask, yeah. right? Just and- be the one woman show. <laughs> it's a team thing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned through my journey is to mm-hmm. ask for help. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a, it's a show of strength. Right. So essentially from my journey from that, so that was with my first son and I got pregnant with my second son and had him almost exactly two years later. Um, and in that journey in between time, I consulted quite another, uh, quite a number of, like, I guess they would call it alternative healthcare background or complementary healthcare background. And I started to lean into the idea of, okay, maybe I do need some supplementation to help fill up my, fill up my buckets again in my body. Maybe I do need to um, start prioritizing sleep and get that back on track. Like some of these basics that I was really missing out on. And so it was, it definitely was a lot of trial and error. Although when I did start getting the nutrients in that my body was needing and really started focusing on that sleep, it was like night and day. My body really started to flip into a space where it's like, oh, I feel like my energy is coming back. (laughs) Sleeping, the better I get to continue to sleep. It's like, I have a friend who says, sleep begets sleep, right? And so as that energy started to come, come back in, I started getting really curious about, okay, what was the change? And it really was eating just a nutrient dense, really nutrient dense diet. And I use the term diet loosely as in just the food that I was taking in. I wasn't following anything specifically structured. It was that I was really focusing on the nutrients and getting those nutrients into my body and quality. Mm-hmm. Notice everything kind of falling into place after. Yeah, that's interesting. So did you, in order to rectify your sleep, I remember this happening. This is something that I still struggle with is like my body was so conditioned from breastfeeding during the night, several times a night that it was like, it still wanted to keep doing that long after the kids had stopped breastfeeding. And so uh, what was your solution for uh, helping your sleep? Was it to get more sleep and go to bed earlier? Or did you, did you change some other things? Um, really just, uh, really finding a routine for me is what it took. And I was in a space where, because I was working uh, night shifts so often previously that I didn't have that really good schedule or a really good sleep routine. And we get to a point uh, sometimes I think where we are really depleted and we're not getting a good amount of deep sleep where our body, uh, I've heard it described as tired and wired, like Mm -hmm. where we are tired, we're exhausted. All we want to do is go to bed and go to sleep. Although when we get there, our like our eyes are wide open and <laughs> yeah. our brain off, right? And so I actually did use some supplementation to begin with just to create a sleep pattern for myself and get myself back into a rhythm because our bodies move through rhythms and they like to be very predictable. They like our schedule to be very predictable so that, and that's what kind of gets our hormone release on board so that our bodies can have this balance. And so it was really a matter of giving myself some grace 
and using the different tools that are available to just reestablish that, that relaxation cycle. And once I was able to do that, I use meditation, I use supplementation, I use, I use visualization too, like all sorts of different things and just found what worked for me to actually be able to get myself to settle back into sleep. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. It's funny. Cause I always thought that like, I could be one of those people that could have a cup of coffee and go right to sleep. Cause I would fall right to sleep. And it's funny. I've learned recently after taking coffee out for like three or four weeks that I had the best sleeps. Like I was sleeping through the night. And then I was like starting to realize that I think it was the caffeine. And like, <laughs> I, I always thought that I could, caffeine never affected me at all until then I started putting two and two together. I'm like, I think it really affects my sleep. If I have it like past like nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> it's so interesting. <laughs> You don't realize it when you're in it until you take things out, right? Absolutely. Well, and wine is another one too, to be honest, like having Mm. wine before bed. Some people like to have a, have a drink before bed or something just, I think it's relaxing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Although it can really start to take away from the quality of sleep throughout the Mm. night that you experience. So yeah, there's a lot of little, for sure. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciated about your program too, is that you provide meal plans and shopping lists and all these things that are so great for busy families. So how did that come into play in what you, the work that you're doing now? And like, what, how would you do, how do you do that? Cause I know I appreciate receiving them from you. So for someone who's thinking about like, how did you get better at meal planning and stuff? What are some tips and tools for that? Yeah, for sure. And this, this falls into the category of asking for help once again, right? And so I started thinking back. So obviously, like fast forward, I I got my education in nutrition, and really pivoted my career. So I I haven't actually been nursing in the hospital for just under a year now, I really pivoted into um, private practice and supporting people in the way of kind of natural nutrition. So I I really just kind of look back and it's like, how would I have felt supported? Like what would have made life so much easier for me when I was learning how to how to cook with more whole foods, right? When I was learning how to make some of these meals, and I know that there's that kind of age old assumption that if it's healthy, it's not going to taste good. Or if it tastes good, it's not going to be healthy. And so I really wanted to take that head on and be like, you know what, I love food, I want it all, I want it to be delicious, I want it to be simple. And I want I want my family to love it. And you know, what? <laughs> I want it to be healthy, too. So that's really the approach that I that I've been taking. Uh, through my meal planning and kind of coming from coming at it from a standpoint of being a mom myself. Like sometimes it's not a matter of being so hard to go get the groceries. It's like, I just want somebody to make me a list or maybe it's not so difficult to just cook dinner. Although I want to make sure that I have everything on hand, like the ingredients on hand. And I want somebody to just tell me what to make. <laughs> like, or like how to make it taste good. Like, chicken and broccoli is chicken and broccoli. But if you can make it taste really appealing to everyone, everyone else, they'll eat it too. <laughs> yeah, and so that's really where my passion comes in. Because honestly, um, looking at, at it from a scientific point of view, our body um, repairs itself, builds our muscle, builds our hormones, everything from the ingredients that we are putting into our mouth. And when we break it down that simply, it's like, okay, I want to make sure that the ingredients that I'm putting in my mouth and my kids' mouths are going to support them well in providing for their body to function really well. And so, and yes, I'm not going to be able to inspire them to really enjoy these foods and get curious about these foods unless they do taste good, unless they are interesting. And so then that's really what I come at it with. So with your meal plans, that's exactly what you get. You get the grocery list that you have all the ingredients it's not like a, a seek and find in uh pinterest that the recipe looks good although <laughs> yeah. the ingredients on hand, right yeah 
the full picture, although also make it flexible so that when you're controlling the ingredients and adding in the ingredients yourself, there's always option to, to leave something out or to substitute something if that mm-hmm. uh, suits your family a little bit better. So yeah, and it's not like it's like totally different from week to week either where it's like there's some things that you'll use like, you know, I hate those, those meal plans, those recipes where it's like you only use this particular thing that's $8 you have to buy for this one meal and you're only going to use this one meal once every three months, right? It's like, it's a realistic meal plan. <laughs> you know, those meal plans that sometimes they look good, but it's like they're not, they're not realistic to keep up with at all, right? Or there's some ingredient from South America that you've never even heard of yeah. in your entire lifetime. It's like, okay, great. Where do I get this from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is it, first of all? And why do I need to eat it? And how do I eat it? How do I cut it up? Like, it's too complicated. <laughs> Who's got time for that? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you, Mandy, do you batch cook? Like, do you cook some of your meals like ahead of time to save some time? And what are some of your time hacks for around cooking and meal planning? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so one of my rule of thumbs is like, I make a lot of like protein balls and, and uh, different like no cook cookies and things like that, because mm-hmm. my kids are younger. Those are the things that they like to eat. And so anytime that I'm making something like that, I always say double or triple the recipe and freeze what you're not going to use right now, because you can always pull them out later on. And especially in a week where you feel like you're uh, super stretched or say you're going out hiking and you don't have time to prepare a whole bunch of stuff in, in advance, then at least you have that to draw so just making sure that you're labeling things as you put them in the freezer so that you use them in good time so that's that's one of my rules of thumbs like thumb if i'm going to be in the kitchen preparing stuff it's still just one mess right it right. it's no extra effort and no extra time to just triple the recipe because you're still cleaning up the same mess regardless mm, yeah that's i like that idea like do you like cooking two or three things at the same time or making that mess once and do you, do you like typically like create like one um, kind of balls or one kind of muffin or something for the kids for their lunches each week? Or do you have stuff that you put in their lunches that are make it easy? Yeah, for sure. And so one of the things that I found for my kids that works the best is uh, what we call snack lunches. You know how kids like... <laughs> They'll, they'll leave a meal sitting on the counter for like seven hours and yet they want to snack every 30 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's just like a kid thing. I'm pretty sure I'm not a load of that. <laughs> yeah. so what we do at my house is, uh, is I call them snack lunches. And so in these snack lunches, most of the time it's figure foods. Um, so I'll cut up veggies and I'll have a section of veggies. And my rule of thumb uh, as far as filling my kid's plate is half of it should be grown food, half of the plate, right? And then we're going to do uh, a quarter protein and then a, a quarter of a carbohydrate because they need, do need to be able to access that energy. And so I'll do cut up veggies. Um, you can do like a healthy dip like tzatziki or hummus mm-hmm. or something like that and you can alter the flavors at home um so that it's something that you like everybody's like I don't like chickpeas it's like hey I just haven't had them yet (laughs) (laughs) Um, disguise them (laughs) (laughs) and so then I'll do I'll do cut veggies and I'll do some fruit on the plate as well and make it kind of colorful right um and then as far as protein sometimes my kids like yogurt or sometimes I I do my best to not do a whole lot of meat at lunchtime although if we have like leftover chicken wings from lunch before or whatever, then I'll put a little chicken wing on there or um, what have you. Um, I like to do nuts. They really like the different variety of Mm -hmm. nuts on their plate. So I'll do something like that, or even like a little protein 
shake on the side and then uh, a carbohydrate of some sort. And so this is where I can incorporate the, mu- the muffins or incorporate like the little protein balls or whatever. And I basically just like, especially in the summer, I'll fill their plates with this. And then it does sit on the counter and I say no more snacks until your snack lunch is done. And you know, <laughs> a lot of time in the afternoon, cause I'm not like getting things, getting things for them all through the afternoon. And they actually like it. It's something that they can kind of pick and choose and decide what they feel mm. like now. So it, it allows them to graze a little bit without, cause I'm homeschooling right now as well. Yeah. So it allows them to graze a little bit, excuse me, without um, having to pile on a, a huge big meal in the middle of the day as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I remember our, for some reason, like my kids love like they, if they could eat dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon, that's like when they would like to have dinner. <laughs> um, So we used to do like the veggie hour. <laughs> so we'd give them this like cup with the hummus in the bottom or like a dip at the bottom with some veggie sticks sticking out of it. And like, here's your cup. Here's your happy hour. <laughs> you go like, <laughs> you can't, that's just, this is what we're doing this time. Otherwise it's like, if they have like a, any bigger snack than that, like that, there goes dinner. That's their dinner. It's like, yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, it's but it's funny. You know, I'm trying to listen to them too. Like, like if they don't like something, like, or if they're saying they know they won't want to eat something, like that usually means there's there's a reason usually for that, other than them just protesting what we're having for dinner. So, but it's tricky to like, how do you manage uh, cooking a di- for a family of four? You know, when people do have different food like likes or dislikes or things like that, do you have any good rules or tricks around that? Yeah, for sure. And so, um, my kids are my best critics my biggest critics, especially my older son. Um, he's going to move mountains one day. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he likes to negotiate. And so, yeah, definitely there, there are some things that he just doesn't like. And so I really like to, if they are, if they are saying, no, I don't want it. I don't like it. I, I like to get a little bit of clarity on, well, does it make your tongue, like, does it make your stomach hurt or, or does it like make you have, excuse me, although I'm, too, <laughs> if I'm talking to a seven-year-old boy, does it make you have lots of farts or something like <laughs> giving him a bellyache or if it's just something that he doesn't prefer the flavor of and once I kind of get that distinguished then usually if it's just something that he just says that he doesn't like usually I'll say at least two bites like give it a Mm -hmm. chance do two bites and there's been a few things that he he doesn't like he still doesn't like it still two bites because it takes kids and actually adults they say an average of eight like having something 18 times before they actually uh develop a flavor for it and so yeah for sure and so i think sometimes we um we shift out the the different style of food too quickly before they've actually given it a fair chance and so that's one way i approach it another way i approach it is really um cooking a wider variety so if i make roasted vegetables for instance i don't just make broccoli usually i'll cut up broccoli cauliflower i'll put some squash on there carrots some different things and so for the most part if i know that they just really like carrots and not preferring the broccoli as much well then i'll just give them a couple little bites of broccoli so that they can develop a palate for it. Although Mm -hmm. fill in mostly with carrots for that kid, right? Because the guarantee if you have more than one kid, they're going to be exactly opposite as well. And then like, you know, and that, and that brings up a good point. And maybe this is why this is happening in our house too. It's like, I'm like, last week you liked avocado. This week you don't like avocado. I'm like, I don't know 
understand. I'm like, but like maybe that 18, 18 times thing makes makes that makes that make more, more sense. So keep giving it to them. Some weeks they'll like it, some weeks they won't. I don't understand. But you just don't the, I think the key for my household anyways is not to stop giving it to them just because they say they don't like it once. It's the we can like and I like how what you said about getting that clarity. Like, is it something that's hurting your stomach? Is it something that makes you not feel well? Like those are some good questions to ask because you know I think that's what you don't want to force them to like my daughter in, in protein is a tricky one where that's you know there'll be two bites of steak one night then none the next then you know <laughs> chicken maybe sometimes like okay we need to maybe make a little bit more protein in here so I'm throwing the hemp hearts in her cereal in the morning or something I don't know <laughs> yeah well and that's amazing remembering that pretty much everything that we eat has a certain percentage of protein in it which is probably getting more than, than you're maybe even aware of. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then um, the other tip on the back end of that is if my boys are saying that they don't like to eat something or they just really don't like supper tonight, their option is veggies, like just raw cut veggies. It's not, oh, okay, here, I'll pull out the, like I'll pull out the fries or I'll pull out the whatever, because I feel like sometimes they can start to jump into that. And so it's like, okay, you don't have to eat supper, although you are filling up on veggies then. Mm-hmm. And then I always make sure as well, like the, the nighttime snack, Sometimes we'll do popcorn on the weekends and stuff, right? Like uh, I'm not, I, I, I do appreciate all the food sometimes. Although usually if they want a snack after supper, they know that it's just, it's going to be fruit or something. It's not going to be something that's not healthy for them because I don't want that sitting in their little bodies overnight. And so that's the other thing is I always keep fruit and healthy snacks in their eye line and ready for them to eat because kids kind of eat the food that they see. Right. right. And so if this is a food that's on hand and available, and this is a food that they see and they don't have some of the other alternatives, well then eventually they're going to eat it unless they are. Yeah. 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 Those are great tips, Mandy. That's awesome. I love it. So tell us a little bit more about where we can find out more about what you're up to, your meal planning and your, um, your program that you do and what you have, uh, what you have coming down the line for work stuff that we can connect. Our parents can connect with you. Absolutely. So I got a couple of things that are coming down the pipe here. Uh, I, a colleague in mine, we host a summit a few times a year. And so it's called the, the secrets to feeling fan freaking tastic. So I'm excited about that. That's coming up the end of May. And the, uh, I want to pull dates out of the top of my brain for you. I believe it's the 19th to the 21st. And so really focusing in on mindset, uh, nutrition, and uh, we also do body image as well. We do a lot of the self-confidence piece. Uh, My colleague that is uh, her coaching uh, niche is uh, helping women feel more confident in their bodies and find that self-confidence. And so um, we got that summit coming up uh, here right away. We're going to, uh, I can give you the link, obviously, when Mm -hmm. uh, everything ready for that uh, for that summit to come out and um, the next meal planning group that I have coming up that you talked about so you've been in one of my yeah it was great <laughs> that one's uh, the next one is gonna be called start fresh for spring and so then this is the next time that I'm doing start fresh for spring and it's one of my favorites simply because I love the shift as the weather starts to turn warmer mm. I love the shift in moving into like more fresh cool mm. more salads salads seem appealing at this time of year <laughs> rather than the winter those seem so appealing <laughs> absolutely it's almost like we get to come out of our shell again every year yeah. 
Right. And so this is a really fun one that I like to do. And like I say, is that's um, six weeks of meal planning, um, a lot of different recipes uh, that you get with that. You get the shopping list, you kind of get the overview and then you make it your own. And then we also do weekly calls so that we can mm-hmm. see, uh, we can just kind of share, share the journey, get to know each other. Um, I do a little bit more teaching. So when it comes to the sleep or when it comes to managing stress, mm-hmm. when it comes to like supplementation, do I need it? Do I not? Is it a waste of money? What a- <laughs> clarify things for me. So um, that's, that's when we get to go through a little bit more of the teaching piece. And so then I really feel that it helps people to build some confidence in knowing that I guess there's so much confusion around diet and around mm-hmm. what is actually healthy right now. So we really simplify, I really zero in and simplify, okay, what are the actual um, building blocks? What are the what are the base, like the pieces to really just make a good foundation, and then creating that the habits out of that so that it can actually turn into lifestyle. And I really appreciated just having like you there to ask questions too, right? Like I think that was really a big part of it and that made it really helpful so that if you had questions or something came up during the week, you're there to ask questions too. So yeah, so definitely go check it out. Parents, Mandy's amazing and her program is great. So we'll make sure we put links to it here. So Mandy, thank you so much for spending this time with us and Blissful Parenting today. It's been great chatting with you. I've learned so many more new tricks and tips and all those things to help us get over that exhaustion and into better managing a healthy happy family. So thank you so much. Ah, thank you, Michelle. This was fun. And anytime I love talking about food. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Love it. We'll bring it back again. We'll just talk about food more. So. <laughs> awesome. Blissful parents out there, make sure you go out there and have a fantastic week. We'll see you again next week. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.